Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast from the Packet Pushers. On today's show, sponsored by Aruba, we're discussing the AI capabilities in Aruba's new Edge Services Platform, or ESP. In particular, we'll explore how artificial intelligence can improve IT operations. Our guest is Jose Tejado. He is Chief Technologist of AI Ops. Jose, welcome to the podcast. So we're talking about Aruba's approach to AI Ops. Can you give us a quick explanation of AI Ops in general and what Aruba's role is? Hello, Greg. Hello, Drew. First of all, thanks you for having me here. Um, yes. So AIOps is a key ingredient of the Arua offering. Some of the pillars of this AIOps is smart telemetry from existing infrastructure, collecting data from very diverse environments, having everything pushed to a cloud-native platform, use domain knowledge of almost 20 years of Arua deployments, create models around all this data and knowledge, and create recommendations, root causing, or actionable insights, some of them automatically updating mm. for the networks to operate better. So this AI ops idea sort of sounds a bit, it's a bit fancy at the moment, and every all of the vendors are getting onto this idea of AI ops. And I think sometimes I think of it as a post-orchestration, right? We go out there, we write automation scripts, and it's a bit like yesterday we used to pull the lever, move it two slots to the right, and then bang it with a hammer. So we write a, we build a tool that, pulls the lever, moves it two slots to the right, and then bangs the hammer, right? And then when orchestration, you realize, well, actually, you need to do a whole series of those moves. And so you write a, you get out an Ansible script, or you get some Python, or you get some tools together, and you write it all out. But I think IIOps is taking it to the next level from a business point of view and saying, every customer does exactly the same, same thing. They do, they all pull the lever, they all move it two stops to the right, and then bang it with the hammer. Why are we asking them to do that? Why aren't we just getting the system to do that automatically? That's, is that a fair assumption around AI? So yes, that's a pretty good analogy. Um, we're trying to learn, I mean, not every network operator knows what's best for its network, its environment, its mm. operating system, its devices. And we're trying to actually do a combination of finding out what's wrong with your network and recommending best practices being based on seeing networks that are operating better than yours. And of course, things that could be automated without having a user having to press those levels like yeah. levers is yeah. much more efficient. Yes. Yeah. But so I guess what you're trying to say is there's, there's a reaction part. So AI ops is a reaction part. So I see something in the network, I flag it. If I know if the uh, the software and its uh, intelligence, I'll use inverted commas. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, if it sees something in the network, then it reacts and says, oh, I know what this is. So can it actually close the loop there and then resolve or does it react and alert? So it actually has both flavors. Sometimes the problem is so complicated that even AI doesn't know the solution. But what it'll do is enrich based on all this smart telemetry so that somebody that's an expert could go and resolve it. But for many of the use cases where machine learning could actually use the data and predict a good output, we'll do it automatically. Okay, so I can get automated actions if I want to, but if I also just want to have alerts and context, I can get that to surface it up to me so that my team can then go take care of the problem. Yes, because some problems cannot be fixed by automation. For example, this use cases where given your network infrastructure, say you have an 11AN um, infrastructure, and there's a lot of devices in your network that are 11AC capable, and we know that based on capabilities advertised across tenants, and we know you're not meeting the SLAs that your applications need, the recommendation may be upgrade your hardware to this version, and you cannot do it through automation, but we'll give you data to support that decision. Data, presumably, you could take back to your boss to get the, the budget to upgrade your APs. Yes. And sometimes the problem is outside the network you're controlling. So maybe you have 
Aruba EPs and switches, but you have some other WAN issue. And we could point out that there is a WAN issue that's preventing your applications from performing better. And we cannot automatically update. Oh, it's your not WAN. the WAN. It's always DNS. yes but we have insights for that too we'll find anomalies in dns servers and maybe you don't control them but we'll tell you the anomaly is in this dns server right so we are actually doing some application level capabilities for certain types of things it's not an application inspection engine i don't imagine but if you can check the dns responses and say oh hang on something's going wrong here yes and that cannot be automatically closed looped and fixed you have to go and Call a different number. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the other part about your AI ops is that you're moving to a cloud-hosted operational platform. So that is, and we'll talk more about that when we talk about the ESP, the platform that you're doing. So maybe what we should do is break down the elements of an effective AI. How do customers think about an AI solution? How would Aruba want customers to think about an AI solution? Well, first, you have to subscribe to the central ESP flavor. Um, mm-hmm. The devices obviously are sensors too, because when they're operating with um, interacting with clients, there's getting tons of data from their, they're getting tons of fingerprints from the devices based on how they're scanning, how they're probing, how they're, which applications they're running, the capabilities, the interoperability issues. All that smart telemetry, which includes things such as stats, events, capabilities are all shipped to the cloud. Then we actually have very diverse environments because all this data is collected in central spots. So we could actually build models that are targeted to your environment. It's not the same thing to be in a conference room than to be in a stadium or be in a dorm. So we basically use lots of features of the environment, which include Wi-Fi infrastructure things, infrastructure density, propagation in the environment, the device mix, what applications the devices are doing. Then, of course, the machine learning models we pick, we make sure they're robust and explainable when possible, so that when we try to apply them a little bit outside the environments where we've actually been carefully tested, they're actually robust and don't predict, uh, don't generate weird outputs. Okay, I think that's important because my understanding of AI and ML is that you need a fairly large data set to get useful insight out of it. And so you're saying, not only are you gathering telemetry on my individual organization, but you're pooling it and presumably anonymizing it in some way so that you can get additional layers of insights, plus have a larger data set to work with from the beginning. Yes, we're pulling all the information, but we also want to make sure that the information that you get back and what actions you should be taking is based on networks that are similar to yours, because we don't want to recommend you things that work well in a stadium and recommend it to your dorms. Right. Completely different Wi-Fi environments. Okay, so you can give me sort of adjacent uh, recommendations, but still having some relevance to my environment. Yes, they have to be targeted to your environment, yes. Mm. Do I have to do a lot of work to set this up? So sometimes these types of tools need me to configure them for a few months or years first. I mean, uh, you know, a brief period of time of adjustment, you know, a, a deployment, you know, with some professional set. Is there any of that going on? No, the setup should be rather straightforward. Um, some of the models that learn locally will need some time to settle and become accurate. I mean, a lot, most of these models, we don't actually deploy them until we're sure that they're accurate. But a lot of these configure recommendation things, they're learning from your peers. So we could find out what network, what environment you're operating very quickly. Within a day or two, we could know if you're a classroom, a dorm, an auditorium, a stadium, actually even less than that. So we could start applying a lot of the recommendations from your peers very quickly. But if we're going to do anomaly detectors that detects that something strange happened into your sites today, we need to learn what's normal for your site first. So those could take a a week or two. Right. Yeah. But they're self-learned. They're not, I don't have to spend 
you know, hundreds of hours of professional services tuning the the yeah. algorithms or the models to get that out? No, 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 no. The learning has been done on the pooled cloud native platform where it's pooled right. data. Currently, we have data from over a million access points and 50 million clients. So those models already have been built. Um, right. The things that you could learn from them will work right away. Right. And this is the value of AI is that you've, you're learning them automatically. It's not even, well, you're probably doing some modeling and there is some human um, interaction with the, the process here. But generally what you're saying is your artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms is saying, this is the data. And if I look at this, I can see that there's a pattern here and that's an outage. We, we can um, intuit or learn or um, deduct that that is an outage condition or something that reacts to. So then you give that learning to everybody who's subscribed to the service. Yes, the inference is quick and you don't have to do any work. The designing of the models that was applicable for the use case that the client would find useful, that model was fine-tuned by some expert in the field with some data science um, help. Um, but yes, you don't have to do anything. And, and how does that data get to Aruba? Because today, most of our wireless network infrastructure is running on wireless controllers and the APs are all talking to the wireless controller. This would predicate that there's some sort of data going up to the cloud and there's also some sort of cloud operations that might be either working with or replacing the controller? So the we have two flavors of APs in Aruba, the ones that actually natively send data to, to the cloud and the ones that are as you mentioned are controller-based and locally administered. But we're going towards this unified architecture where the controllers, which going forward will be gateways, will be sending telemetry to this joint platform. So campus mm -hmm. customers could learn from... IAPs, which are cloud native, and they could jointly give each other insights going forward. Are you also wrapping um, Aruba switches into this as a, a telemetry? Yes, source? of course. Yes, in Aruba gateways for SD branch. Yes. Okay. And and what about ClearPass? Can you also pull that? Yes. Uh, yes. Data yes. In? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is the whole portfolio yes. feeding into yes. the cloud. That, that's actually key, really, because not everybody's bringing their whole portfolio into a single thing. So there are, you know, some of your competitors have got business unit campus, business unit wireless, business unit data center, business unit WAN, business unit security. It's not unified. You have to self-assemble it and make it work. And I think what Aruba is putting out here is that we're much more unified in this approach. Is that a fair statement? Yes. The software teams across all those segments go to the same leader. So yes, the data from APs, controllers, SD branch gateway, switches, all that software is under the same leader. So it's not different business units. Could you um, walk us through one or two use cases of how uh, AIOps is actually working out in the real world at a customer site? Okay, so I'll give you some examples. So um, let's see. So one of the things that are find, the customers found more valuable is this RF config optimization engine which basically takes as sub-engines, other machine. I mean, a lot of these machine learnings are in a hierarchy. So you have these building blocks that give you some information, pass it to another block, and that gives more insights. So this machine learning model, what it does is, given features about the environment, things like your Wi-Fi infrastructure, the device mix, the device applications run, um, given all the peers that are similar to you, given your SLAs, find out from your peers what are the configurations that led to the best SLAs. And this thing includes things like setting the powers in the 5 gigahertz band or the 2.4 gigahertz band, the bandwidth of the radios, um, roaming settings, transmit speeds allowed from the AP, um, letting people in or out of the network depending on the SNR, 
And the building blocks here include obviously device analytics. We need to know what device uh -huh. types, uh, what are the capabilities, what type of standards they support, how they handle roaming. We need to know things about the a AOS version, what type of features are enabled, and the type of parameters that optimizes are, for example, transfer power in 2.4, transfer power in 5 gigahertz, what's the bandwidth, 20, 40, 80, the probe thresholds that lets users in or out, the uh, transmit rates that the AP is set to let devices in or out. And of course, being aware of the device capabilities. Is it 5 gigahertz capable? Does it enable 11 AC? What transmit rates it could handle? If your users are indoors or outdoors, other mover, mover, movers moving, so have, we have individual machine learnings that know things about the device mobility state. For example, is the station moving or stationary? Is the client device in or out of the building? Um, are all building blocks to give you a config recommendation that'll tell you set these 10 different parameters so that users walking outside the building are not let in, users that are roaming have the best experience, and people that are running um, best effort applications get the maximum speed. So this is all done based on Featureizing your environment, finding peers, finding configurations that work best for your environment, and automatically recommending this. So if I was trying to tune my own environment, um, going through all these configuration options that you just laid out, if I was doing this by hand manually, that could take a very long time. You're saying you can sort of provide a set of built-in recommendations based on performance metrics you've got, I've gotten from peer organizations. Yes, and your organization may have 10 different environments. You could have a stadium, a dorm, a classroom, an auditorium, um, office space, queue space, open, walled, and you don't want to go and label each one of these environments. So it'll take forever if you have hundreds of buildings. But this feature would actually automatically use Wi-Fi infra telemetry to detect what type of class is this environment in. And then looking at peers that have the same class and find out what is the best of breed to optimize the experience of the users for that environment. So first yeah. of all, you have to know for each building, what is the environment? And then tune this 10 dimensional space, what is the best for that building? And yes. Yeah, because you can do things like fiddle with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different variables in the Wi-Fi wireless space. You can adjust the transmit power on this one and back off the transmit power on that one because you can see that the five gigahertz spectrum on that is overloaded. So if I increase the power more, uh, endpoints would move to that base station and use the bandwidth that's available. There's a hot, and like you said, there's 10 possible, more than 10 even in Wi-Fi to encourage um, better use of the spectrum. That's yeah. the sort of thing that you can talk about. And Or moving clients from 2.4 gig to 5 gig or moving them around in the 5 gig spectrum. That's not even something that you can do manually, really, unless you're spending your whole day, um, you know, watching performance. And that's an incredibly tedious thing to do. I mean, yes, you could have a script that every day is changing the configurations in a 10-dimensional space and find the optimal, or you could just oh. let machine learning do it for you based on peers, which oh. when there's a million APs in 15 different environments, there's a lot of combinations that are automatically done for you. You don't mm -hmm. have to do it, change it every day, monitor the performance and do it again. So we've talked a lot about AI ops, and this is really part of a bigger product portfolio. What, what is the product strategy that Aruba is folding AI ops into? Okay, so AI Ops is part of the Aruba ESP platform, which includes three main pillars, mm -hmm. AI Ops, Unified Infrastructure, and Zero Trust Security. Today, we focus mostly on the AI Ops based on the Unified Infrastructure that's providing telemetry that could be pooled against multiple networks. And the AI Ops includes um, all, as we mentioned earlier, wired, wireless, and WAN um, jointly. Mm -hmm. And it jointly includes campus, branch, and data center um, remote worker architectures. 
So one of the things about the ESP, because we got briefed on this, is the fact that it's the same operating system across all the devices and all of the Aruba software is unified here. So we're talking about ClearPass for zero trust security and the segmentation and bringing it all together in a single thing. I think AIOps is kind of rounding out the portfolio, not so much. Well, I see it both ways. I think AIOps is rounding out the portfolio and extending it in a new direction so that um, it's almost like Aruba is doing the orchestration for you to some sense. Yes, AIOps will be pulling um, telemetry from all these other building blocks and generating models that could help with any one of these facets. Well, if folks are interested in learning more about ESP or seeing it in action, um, check out Aruba Atmosphere Digital. That's ATM Digital. That's You can find out how to sign up at arubaatmdigital.com. That's arubaatmdigital.com. Thank you, Jose, and thanks to Aruba for being a sponsor. And you can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog. That's at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at PacketPushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.